once you deal with all of that energetically, the emotions, the burden is released from you and suddenly you don't feel like having that drink anymore. Suddenly you don't feel like stuffing yourself and that's how it happened for me. Hey Seeker, welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. Today I'm sitting down with Kyla Lamb. Kyla is a spiritual teacher, psychic medium, divine channel, and energy healer. And today we are having an incredible conversation about how to heal our addictions, our compulsive behavior. Sometimes it's alcohol, food, sex, shopping, and anything else that you are dealing with. Today Kyla is here to reveal the cause of our compulsions and how to heal on an energetic level. I am so excited for this episode. Episode, and I know you're going to love it. Let's dive in. Hello, Kyla. Welcome to the show. I'm so, so excited that you're here today. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, this is going to be so good. Um, you have so much to offer. We've just had a little chat, and I just know that everything that we're about to bring forward today, everything that you're going to share is going to hit home with the audience so much. So why don't we just start by doing the little foreplay, the introduction. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Yes. My name's Kyla. Uh, I'm a psychic medium. I'm a spiritual teacher and a divine channel. I'm currently mentoring under a world famous psychic and New York Times bestselling author. Her name is Sonia Choquette. So she's my one-on-one mentor. I'm working on some stuff with her to publish a book, to release some courses. It's been a really exciting year for me overall. And I have so much to share about personal healing, um, intuition, you know, manifesting through your heart. You know, I feel like we can cover it all for days and days. Yeah, that's incredible. I love Sonia Choquette. I have been um, reading her books, listening to her audiobooks for years because I teach intuitive development. When I found her, I've studied under a lot of people, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is the way I feel it. This is the way that that's, she just, I could tell she was someone that I just resonated so deep with her teachings, her style. I just love it. Understandable, wise, deep, just so many beautiful tools and such a great perspective. So it must be a really cool process working with her. Right. So she really, so here, here's the key to a really good mentor and, and a coach, if you will, not everybody is coachable. And I say that because you have to be willing to be wrong and you have to be willing to be a little triggered. And every time we have our session, man, I'm, I'm telling you, she triggers me because she tells me, uh, where my, where I'm going wrong (laughs) and a lot of things. And I'm a very coachable person. I don't get offended easily at all because I'm, I'm so much in alignment with my spirit that I'm able to handle criticism, take it in. I know that, you know, anything that anyone projects on me outside in the real world, it has nothing to do with me. I'm, I feel so just empowered and strong and aligned with my higher self. So I'm able to sit through our sessions and just handle the, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong and all of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we don't hire someone to just go yet yeah, doing a great job. Like right. you know, the thing sometimes we forget is like, we're hiring someone because we want our next level, which includes being uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. You have to be willing to be wrong is what yeah. I tell people. And it's like, oh, I'm... I'm here to learn and I am willing to be wrong and I'm, I'm ready to take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. What do they say? It's like the, the, I'm going to butcher it, but it's like 
the idiot, maybe that's not the word. It's like thinks they're always right. And the wise one knows that they're not always right or something. There's something about that. It's like when you think you're always right, that's the biggest sign that you're not very self-aware and that you're not very aware of life because, you know, we have a lot of beliefs and ideas about things. And it's only when you can open up to the broader perspective, especially with mentors, like, please teach me. Right. It's just, yeah, that's so cool. What a good, what a good thing that you've done for yourself getting mentored by her. I bet that's just going to be such a cool experience. Right. And there, you know, there is no one path for anything. For anything, there is there is some there are things that work for some people and things that don't work for others because there is no one clear path. And I, I believe that's what you're trying to say. Like when somebody is so narrow minded that they believe that their way is the right way, and it's like, well, yeah, because that's their reality. This is how they have experienced it. It doesn't mean that they are wrong. This is just their experience. But there is no one single path. Get mm-hmm. to anything. Yeah, that's so true. So today we're going to talk um, about the compulsive behaviors that we experience and where that's truly coming from. Can you can you start off by te- telling us just a little bit about how you came there, like what you were experiencing in your life that led you to have this whole awareness and teach this whole beautiful thing you teach? <laughs> right. So... Uh, I spent most of my life um, as an addict. I'm 37 years old now, but for about 18 years, uh, I was addicted to everything, everything, alcohol, pills, drugs, people, bad relationships, negative thoughts. And it was, I lived this life where this was just normal for me. It was just, there were no immediate consequences to my behavior, to my addictions, because I was never one of those people that was drama. And I was never a bad drunk. I was never an angry drunk. The person that I was when I was partying was very fun to be around. People wanted me there. They liked me that way. I liked me that way. So this cycle actually continued, you know, for, like I said, about 18 years. And with this, we're talking about emotional eating too. So if I wasn't using, if I wasn't drugging, if I wasn't drinking, I was fooding, And I mean, fooding to where like I would eat till I was sick. And then as soon as I was feeling better, I would go eat some more or I would secretly eat. And I would label it as like, hey, listen, I'm one of those people that doesn't have that off button that tells you when you're not hungry anymore. And that was my excuse. My excuse was I'm having fun. People like me this way. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm, I'm still making it to work. I'm getting all my responsibilities done. And, you know, when I overeat, it's because my body doesn't have that thing that tells my brain that it's full, which is all bullshit. And so eventually I started to slowly, slowly heal myself through a meditation practice, which I know some people are going to cringe when I say meditation practice, but Through meditation is where you meet with your true self, your higher self, your authentic power, the God that lives within you, your spirit, your intuition, all those names live inside of you that you can only discover through a meditation practice. And so the more I became aligned with my spirit, my spirit healed me of basically everything. But there's so there's a couple of ways that I teach this. One, you have to start getting closer and closer to 
your spirit, your higher self through a meditation practice. But furthermore, true addiction and compulsive behaviors and unwanted toxic behaviors all comes from what I call the energy of the past. So it's emotional burdens. It's things that you haven't dealt with yet, even though you say you've dealt with it. And even though you say you've forgiven, it is truly releasing emotional burdens of the past. And every time you think about the past, when you think about that terrible thing that somebody did to you, you literally keep that energy alive inside of your body. And when you're stressing about the future, which, you know, I'll call that the energy of the future. When you're thinking about the things that you don't have yet, you're thinking about your goals. I don't know how I'm going to get there. What could happen next week? My bills, all that. All that is the energy of the future. And it also comes from a place of lack. It's something that you don't have yet. Like, I really want this thing, but I don't have it. It comes from a place of lack as well. And all of those energies, I feel like they collide and it causes you to not be fully present inside your body. And it causes you to act compulsively, mindlessly, unconsciously. And, and that's what I teach. Like in, in my workshop with my clients is we got to do a few things. Fully, fully, fully forgive all the things that have happened in the past. And forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for giving your power away. For believing that someone could give you the thing that only you can give to yourself. And forgive yourself for, I mean, I don't know what it is, but I'll, but I'll bet you do, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> we all have things that we need to release from the past. And when we're done with that, get fully present inside of your body, which is where your spirit lives. And then once you start to become closer and closer to your spirit, everything else just literally takes care of itself because we have we really have this endless well of love that lives inside of us and you can only discover it through a meditation practice and going within. And like I said, this is something that I really avoided for many, many, many years. I thought meditation was boring and makes me fall asleep. I don't get it. And like, <laughs> even to this day, I really have to discipline myself, but Sometimes I'll accidentally find myself meditating, but I was planning and thinking the whole time. And that's not meditating. So, <laughs> so it takes practice. It takes practice. But, you know, like anything with practice, you just get better and better than you were the last time you did it. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. There's times where I'm like, well, I did my, you know, half an hour and I also planned out all my meals and I am right. like, and then crap or like people will say like oh yeah I meditate while I drive I'm like well you can definitely get into a zone and you can be in a receiving mode and my intuition will come to me when I zone out on the you know beautiful scenery or I'm in the forest or I'm driving but it's not the same as intentionally sitting or laying or whatever and going inward so deeply that you you know, locate the spirit or whatever we're going to say. It's, it's within us anyway, but is, what would you say to that? Like the difference between like active sort of meditation and, you know, really going within for a set amount of time or for a while. When I work with my clients to listen to their intuitive self, 
I actually have them say, I, I tell them it's like listening to the sound of your own breathing. And yes, all these thoughts are going to show up and oh, that's fine. That's great. But when that happens, you just tap back into listening to the sound of your own breathing. It's almost like you have a task. And I also tell them to imagine that they're breathing in and out of their belly. So it's like the sacral chakra, right? Like it's where your intuition is. And so it's like actively pulling all of your energy inside of your body and imagining that you are breathing in and out through your sacral helps you to stay fully present inside of your body, which is where all the intuitive hits are going to come from. And so, you know, spirit guides and messages from spirit are not floating around outside of our heads and like hanging around over our shoulder, which is what I used to do. I used to do my readings in a way where my energy would intentionally be outside of myself because my belief was that's where the spirit guides are, or that's where messages are coming from outside of myself. But the truth is messages are really coming from within because all of our chakras are connected, you know, to the auric field. There's seven layers of the auric field and all of the chakras are portals to the multi-sensory world and the universe. So we can't have our energy floating around outside of us trying to get a reading and trying to get messages. We have to pull all of our energy inside of our body and listen from the inside. Mm. I love that. I can deeply feel that. And I agree. Um, so with, for the people that are listening that are in that sort of, they've noticed these compulsive behaviors because it's not uncommon for my clients to be talking about emotional eating or feeling like they um, just zone out, snack out, drink wine every day, just cause, or witness that they get overwhelmed and turn to the chocolate or whatever. What were sort of some of your first steps of that awareness and sort of where do people start when they, all they so far know is like, I notice I'm emotionally eating. It's got to be coming from somewhere. What do I do from here? So I would say the first thing that is coming to me right now um, is we have got to let go of this idea of good and bad. We've mm -hmm. got to let go of this idea of punishing the self. I, I can't believe I, I used to regret every single meal that I ate, by the way. So we have to get away from this idea that anything is good or bad or that we shouldn't do this or that. Because anything that undermines the self-esteem is going to play into the compulsive behavior. So in other words, any form of not loving yourself is going to play into the compulsive behavior. So one of the things I had to do was let go of this idea of good and bad. One of the downloads that I've gotten from spirit that blew me away was, you know, the reason you humans are so miserable is because you assign meaning to everything. You make everything mean something. And so this idea was just kind of like, yeah, stop with the I'm good and I'm bad. And this piece of chocolate is bad. Oh, my God, I can't believe you ate that. So that would be the first step. But really dealing with the emotional burdens of the past is absolutely number one, the number one issue that causes us to act compulsively because we're supposed to get our fulfillment from life. We're supposed to use food to nourish the body. 
our our society and our culture has come to make food mean so many different other things, you know, celebrating, comforting, rewarding. And what causes us to behave this way and overeat and overstuff ourselves is we haven't dealt with our emotional burdens. And that includes not feeling fulfilled with your life and where you are now in the present moment. So it's kind of tricky. There's a couple of things that are playing all at once. And if I could sum it all up, it would be truly dealing with your emotional burdens of the past, you know, forgiving others, forgiving yourself, full acceptance of the way things have happened and giving up any hope that it could have happened any other way. And then not thinking about the future, which is the energy of the future. So no to-do list, no like I really want to make more money. When am I going to be more successful in my career? When am I going to find the one? That's all the energy of the future. And it also comes from a place of lack because I don't have it yet. So so you're in this place of lack when you're thinking about the future. So all that's left is, you guessed it, present moment. So -hmm. when you are truly, truly in the present moment and fully inside of your body, that's when you can get a grip on everything that's happening on your eating, on your, on your feelings and in your emotions, because when you're fully present inside of your body, it's almost impossible to feel lack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're not also, and you're also not thinking about all the stuff that's happened to you that mm-hmm. you haven't dealt with. Mm-hmm. And layering new stuff on by making yourself wrong for this. I have a whole episode called Meaning Making Machines. And that's totally, I 100% see that as well Is like the meanings are like what a lot of what weighs us down because even our past, like we're making it mean that we were bad, that we should have done another thing, that we should be farther ahead by now. And, you know, other things that you said, how am I going to make more money in the future? And it's like so much meaning everywhere. Um, And something just that was coming up as you were talking about the sort of compulsive behavior and how it's like, I taught intuitive eating. I used to do be a nutrition consultant and then I taught intuitive eating and I would tell people, and I still say this in some containers that humans are always looking to cope with so many things. We're looking to cope with, like you say, the past, the future, but also the current thoughts of like, oh, when is this going to happen? And what am I doing? And, oh, I need this. And oh, I did. And I don't have enough money. And like all of these like stressful thoughts, we look in the mirror, we don't like our body. We pick ourselves apart. We worry about this. We wonder why that. And all of these thoughts cause us to constantly need to cope. And in some ways, I don't even know if it's a bad thing. I just, like again, bad, right? Bad, right? <laughs> bad or, or good. Um, it's just an awareness and how am I going to cope? So for example, like I'm a mom of three, I've got a busy business. My husband's building his business. Sometimes there's uncertainty in life or there's stress with the kids. I choose to cope through um, my own meditation practice, my own energy practices, getting out in nature, putting my feet in the, you know, in the soil, um, journaling, plant food, whatever else, right? But that's almost like I look at that as energetic. I think we said you said it before we hit record, like energetic maintenance. Mm-hmm. So that I don't have to reach to chemicals to cope or zoning out to cope or bolting to cope. Do you know what I mean by that? It's like coping isn't such a bad thing but it's how you choose to sort of manage the things that go on in life. Does that make sense? Right. And then, so I called it energetic hygiene. 
And I feel like everyone is self-medicating in their own way, whether it be watching Netflix for five hours, which is what I used to do, or just mindlessly scrolling through social media or watching porn. And and I'm telling you, that's one of the things I see the most in my readings when it comes to avoidance. It's through the smartphone. It's through the smartphone. You're mindlessly scrolling. You don't want to deal with your day. You don't want to deal with the things that you you have to do. You're not thinking, you don't want to think about the past. And I, you know, before we, uh, when we had our little pre-talk earlier, I was telling you that the best way to see that if you have truly forgiven and let go of the past is just sit down with somebody and listen to yourself in the way that you talk about it. When somebody asks you about that ex-boyfriend, are you getting teary-eyed? Is your heart beating a little bit faster? Are you suddenly raising your voice? Like the tone and the direction of your voice changes when you talk about that person. Or, or if I, I ask my clients, like, okay, so if you were to, if you were to guess, what was the, what was the lesson that this other soul brought to you? And if they say something like, "Well, oh, taught me I should never trust men again," or he was a piece of shit. And it's like, okay, well, um, that's not truly forgiving. And ideally, you want to be able to talk about the past in a way that's like, yeah, you know what? It could have happened a different way, but it didn't. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful for the lesson. And I wish them all the well. And I, I learned and, you know, I loved and I'm going to let it go. Like if, if you're not speaking about it in a way that's peaceful, loving, neutral, setting it free, that energy is still alive inside of your body, literally, quite literally, the energy is still alive in your body, which is why and I can speak for myself. I used to attract the same toxic narcissistic person over and over and over again, because I had not fully released that energy from my body. And that's with anything. So when you do the true forgiving work around who cheated you, who ripped you off, friendships, people who betrayed you, when you can walk away from it and talk about it without being triggered, then you know it's done. And guess what? Suddenly you don't feel like having that drink anymore. Suddenly Mm -hmm. you don't feel like stuffing yourself. And that's how it happened for me. Um, I never got help for my addiction. I I probably should have, but I didn't. Um, It just happened on its own. Like the healing was spontaneous. And when it happened, it happened in such a way where I didn't even notice what was happening to me. I just suddenly didn't feel like doing the thing anymore. I didn't feel like going out anymore and getting messed up and wasted because that was my schedule. Like I used to, no matter what, get fucked up on certain days. And then I started to notice, like, I just, I don't want to go anymore. But I was still doing it because it was a habit. And I was still hanging out with certain people that were also living that life. And then once I decided, I just don't like it anymore. And that's how it happens. It's very natural. Like, I didn't have to try. Once I stopped and said, okay, this isn't working for me anymore, the people that I was hanging out with magically disappeared. Nobody said anything. We didn't have to have this weird talk where like, oh, I'm just not going to party with you anymore. It just literally disappeared. And that's where the energetics come in of um, attracting, attracting, repelling, manifesting. 
which is you change your body's frequency because you love yourself more. So guess what? Loving situations and circumstances will start to appear instead of the ones that you've been attracting all along. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I, I so appreciate this message and it's so important because I think as humans, something I've really observed, um, and spirit has shown me is like, we have this obsession with fixing things and it kind of comes into the meaning, right. To do this is bad. We need to fix it immediately. And so I, something I really hear for those people that are struggling coping or noticing they have these compulsions for alcohol, maybe shopping, sex, food, First and foremost, it doesn't need to be fixed there. Meaning it like, I I just, I hear you and I see so many people like, oh, I just got to put down the chips. I just can't eat chips. Okay. After eight o'clock, I'm not going to eat. Okay. After this on Monday and Wednesday, I'm going to have no sugar. And we're always trying to address what we think is the problem. But as we do this more like spiritual work or self-work, self-awareness work, whatever you want to call it, deep healing the need to have the compulsions, the need to escape becomes less. So for those people dealing with it, it's not so much about fixing the chocolate, fixing the sugar, fixing, yes, all those things can be addictive and whatnot, but where is that coming from, right? Is that, am I hearing you correctly? That's really something I'm getting. It's the, quite frankly, it's the energy of the past and it's the energy of the future that is causing us to behave that way. So it's this idea of this is good, this is bad, and the energy of the past, which is shit that you haven't dealt with yet, and the energy of the future, which is coming from a place of lack. And now, so for me, I can have a piece of chocolate and chips and not feel shitty about myself. And it comes from a place of enjoyment. And I love this, like this tastes really good. I love it, but I don't feel guilty anymore after I eat it. And so the the goal isn't to punish yourself and stop doing the things that you enjoy, you know, like it tastes good and I like doing this and do it, you know, but it's when I define addiction as the thing that you are participating in that you no longer enjoy. And so for me, I could have pizza, but when I was really in my cycle, in my destructive cycle, I would eat till I was sick. And then I wouldn't understand why I, I, I oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Oh, and then it comes the punishing and the self-loathing. And then as soon as I was feeling better, I would get up and go get some more. And I just couldn't stop. So it fits into my definition of addiction is the thing that you continue to participate in, but you no longer enjoy it. And that truly comes from a place of, you know, feeling unfulfilled in your life. And why do we feel unfulfilled? Because we're not fully present in the moment We haven't dealt with stuff in the past and we don't have the things that we want in the future. And that all contributes to, you know, undermining your self-worth. And I feel like one of the, I feel like the number one things uh, that humans deal with, and I see it in my readings all the time is the feelings of not feeling good enough. It's the loathing. It's the self-loathing. It's the not feeling good enough. And it comes from somewhere. Guess where? The past. (laughs) And also comes from not having it in the future. (laughs) So there we go. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's so true. And that's every single one of us. Again, it's not wrong and bad. If listening can relate, it's like, well, you're human. So that's, that's a lot of 
that's the shit we pick up is like that junk from the past and the future. Um, I can really relate to the thing about like not enjoying it anymore because I think for a while we go, but I do love the chocolate, but I do love the ice cream. It doesn't feel good in my gut. And it's followed by a whole bunch of negative swirling emotions and it causes this whole cycle. And so are you really enjoying it? And I've, I've noticed that in my healing journey is like, I talk about this a lot on the show is like, I love chocolate. It's part of my self-love. And I noticed with Halloween that passed a little while ago, I used to have to do everything. First of all, I'd either just binge on Halloween candy or I have to do everything to not have it. We can't give it out. It can't be around. I can't have it. I can't eat it. Now it flows through my house. My kids get their certain amount or whatever, and the rest gets chucked or whatever. But actually this Halloween, we had all this candy and I just bought my good chocolate and, you know, my husband or my kids are like, you can have some of this. And it was this true feeling of like, I don't actually enjoy it. So I had a couple Skittles cause I did like that. It was really beautiful. Nice. But for chocolate, I love my chocolate. I don't want a Kit Kat. I don't want an or uh, an arrow or whatever. And I realize that discernment about like what actually feels good. It's not all or nothing. It's not all the chocolate or none of the chocolate. It's right. like for me, I had some Skittles. It felt good. And then I have my chocolate, which felt good. And it's sort of this healthy medium of like, I don't need to binge. It, there was no energy about trying to not. It just right. powerfully chose what felt good to me. And I really had that moment of reflection of 10 years ago, that would have never been the case. It would have been so much turmoil around it. And now, yeah, what actually feels good to me? Right. I mean, I have a pint of haagen that I've been working on for a month, which wouldn't have been normal for me before, but I'm able to, you know, I'm lactose intolerant. So eating ice cream does hurt my stomach, but I, I love, love, love the taste so much that I'm able to slowly and control in a controlled, relaxed manner, have like a scoop of a spoonful, not even a scoop, like just a little bit and enjoy the taste. And I'm able to put it away and not mentally punish myself for doing it and coming from a place of love basically and being like that was great I love that and then being able to walk away and not think about it because I mean do my snacks used to call me from the fridge all the time (laughs) be in my room like oh that bag of cookies is calling me yeah yeah it's weird it just kind of like you were saying it looks like it magically goes away as you do that deeper level healing. So I want to ask, what are just some of the things on your journey that you've done for that deeper healing? Like, has it been things, cognitive behavioral therapy or shadow work or tapping, or have there been some of the key things that have really helped you? Or is it just, you know, just in quotes, meditation? Has it been the self-awareness piece and the inside? I will say that when it first started, here, here's how I truly feel that it began. So back when I used to get hopped up um, on pills, I would drink a bunch to try to come down from it and go to sleep. And, or I would smoke a bunch of weed, like really terrible behavior. I'm not even going to go terrible behavior. This is what I was doing at the time because it was working for me. And we must admit that whatever it is that you're engaging in, it's working for you right now, whether you want to believe it or not, if only to keep you in your pain. It's somehow serving you. It's somehow working for you. This is what I was doing at the time because this is how I was coping with pains that I have not dealt with yet. So to help me fall asleep, because I would be so hopped up, I would listen to this chakra clearing hypnosis meditation just to like, not with the intention of I'm trying to clear my chakras, 
but just because I needed something to fall asleep. And I got to tell you, I know in my heart that that's what kind of woke me up subconsciously. It was there and I became a little more aware. And then I started to deal with a lot of things that have happened in the past. Um, some that I had totally forgotten about because healing comes in layers, healing comes in layers. And like I said, we think we dealt with the thing, but you got to really test yourself, test yourself sit down with somebody, tell a stranger your story and see if you start welling up with tears in your eyes or if you start to raise your voice, like that's how you know. And so I slowly worked through all my triggers, my emotional pains, done true forgiveness work, found the gift and the lesson in everything. Um, one of the downloads I got from Spirit was, look, if you're happy where you are right now, you have to be grateful for not just the bad stuff, but all the good stuff that happened equally, equally, like embrace that duality. And so the more I dug deeper and deeper into every unpleasant thing, not just, not just stuff that people have done to me, but stuff where I was the bad guy. And sometimes that's hard to look at for some, like there were times where you were the bad guy and that's hard to admit. So forgiving yourself, forgiving others. And then slowly you start to realize, huh, you know, nothing triggers me anymore. I don't have road rage. Things, people can do whatever they want. <laughs> Doesn't bother me, you know? And then when you find yourself in this place of just peace and like, yeah, non-judgment is another big one that I feel. So like when you find yourself just being okay with everything, you'll know that you've made some progress. And with that comes the desire to no longer overstuff yourself, drink the bottle of wine, take those pills, smoke that pack of cigarettes, which is what I used to do. And it just goes away. It handles itself. Mm -hmm. And that's so hard for people to understand because they're like, but I've been trying so hard to cut the sugar. I've been trying so hard to stop drinking. It's so annoying to hear you say it handles itself. And it's like, but you're, some people are efforting to try to stop the problem. Whereas you were efforting, if we're going to say that in the deep stuff to really look at yourself and your judgments and healing. And it's like, either way, we're pouring effort into something or focus really. And one is a root cause and one is a band-aid. And so I just love that you are unafraid to go there and you, you know, pick that up is like, this is a deeper issue. It's not just about not going to the club. It's a, it's something deep down that, um, is out of alignment with source. Really. If we're going <laughs> to kind of try to umbrella it like that. And here's the kicker. I didn't know that dealing with the past was going to fix all of that. It was a surprise to me. Yeah. I, it just happened on its own. And then I realized, and the more, the more healings and readings that I did with my clients, they started to also not want to drink. And so that's actually when I knew that it was related. I thought it was just me. I thought I had a spontaneous healing, but it wasn't until working with my clients and then helping them work through the inner child wounds, the shadow work, things that they weren't taking responsibility for as a side effect they told me that, you know, for some reason, I just don't feel like drinking anymore. And then a light bulb went off and I was like, oh, the more you deal with the emotional burdens of the past, the more you love yourself. 
And the more alcohol is just on a different energetic vibration and frequency that doesn't resonate with your spirit anymore and you don't even want it mm-hmm. anymore. So that's when I started piecing things together. I didn't do all this healing work because I wanted to stop drinking. That just, it literally happened on its own. And I, I thought I had a spontaneous healing. That was it. But as soon as, you know, the results were coming in with other people, I was like, oh, it's all related. Yeah. I've experienced that too, where when I started diving deep into personal development, probably eight or nine years ago, I mean, I've always been into spiritual development, but anyways, I did this crazy workshop and we like made these phone calls to like clean up and heal the past and had really healing conversations and things. And there was one with my ex-husband and I had, I got to like hear him out and what this was like for you. And I took responsibility for my part. And it was just stuff that had been really hanging around in my energy. And I did this whole weekend and I had a completely separate phobia from something that happened when I was like six and it would take over my life, my nervous system. I'd go into panic in certain situations from this phobia. And after that weekend, it was gone. And it was, it shocked me. I was like, weird, that happened and I didn't react. And then it was like, oh, whatever. Weird, that happened and I didn't react. And then one day I was like, holy crap, this thing I've carried since I was like six is gone. And I never, ever went to work on it, so to say. I didn't ever try, but other stuff, the other power leaks get healed and get loved and completed. And all of these other seemingly random things don't need to show up anymore. Right. And um, I've, I've had some very undeniable experiences with the whole self-love healing attraction phenomenon, if you will. Um, There was, so for example, uh, I was in a car with my friends and an accident happened right in front of us. Everybody witnessed it except me because of the moment of impact that it happened, the way that the place that it was in the front seat happened to perfectly be blocking my eyes so that I missed the moment of impact. And everyone else in the car was horribly traumatized because they saw the whole thing and I missed it. You know, and there was another time where I was on an airplane and I got up to use the bathroom. I was gone for literally a minute. And when I came back, my friend told me that a huge argument ensued right in front of her and that I missed the drama. And I have these moments in my life all the time, just because I'm vibrating at a higher frequency, I don't even witness or experience these things that other, these, these realities and these experiences that other people are having, it's not happening for me anymore. So I know that it's real and it comes from healing the past, literally loving yourself enough to know that you're good enough and you know that we're not broken and I tell my clients this all the time you're not broken Uh, nothing needs to be fixed it's just unhelpful attitudes and unhelpful belief systems that is it Mm -hmm. and all you have to do is change your mind but in order to do that you have to know where it comes from and here comes that energy of the past so (laughs) so it's all rooted all addictions and and compulsive behaviors are energies that are from the past and from the future forgiveness and lack (laughs) yeah 100 that's so perfectly said I love that and it's so 
Yeah. I, I hear you with that, with like almost like missing drama. I find that things happen all the time where almost always when something gets canceled, I'm like, thank you. I have no idea what I'm missing because I can't even how many times I've like plans get canceled or even something that seems fun. Like we're going to go to a concert or something. And then it turns out to be this, you know, situation where everybody was like, there was a whole bunch of drunk people and it was chaos and whatever, or something gets canceled. Like, it's just every time I notice things don't work out or I just miss dramatic opportunity or dramatic opportunities, <laughs> dramatic scenes. I notice family don't even talk to me about drama anymore because they've just seen I have no interest. I don't sit and go, she said what? So now something will happen in the family. They're like, you didn't hear? I'm like, no, I didn't hear. But it's like, because I'm just not involved anymore. So I can so relate to that where, you know, my, my, my work has allowed me to attract certain things. And also the side note of that is when something does come into my experience that occurs as bad or uncomfortable, I'm able to look at it and go, hmm, why did this show up for me? What is this here to teach me? So I don't label those things too as like, why is this happening? I mean, sometimes my ego wants to slip in, but I go, there's something so valuable. So it's almost like spinning it to gold, right? Like the things that come you spin to gold, therefore you can avoid other extra stuff that you really don't need to experience and don't need to come into your life. Um, yeah, that's perfect. I also wanted to mention about the, um, the, the drinking and all of that. One time I had this download come to me and I just saw it so clearly that, When we are vibrating, if we're going to use like the scale of vibration, talk about high, low vibes, when as in general, we're vibrating low because we are, you know, chronically filled with fear and worry and not enoughness. When we drink or we smoke weed or we shop or we have sex, it raises our vibe in kind of a false way. But that alcohol or that weed or that whatever makes us feel like, say, we're vibrating at a four or five. It makes us feel a six, a seven. Oh, yeah, life of the party. I'm more social. It has that illusion of bringing our vibe up. But when we learn to naturally from this stuff, healing the past and being in the present moment, we naturally raise our vibe. That alcohol or that whatever now takes us down. And it was this really cool visual that went, oh yeah, for a while it makes us feel better until we naturally learn how to feel good. And then it makes us feel crappier than what we're used to feeling. And that's what I feel like my birthday just passed. I'm like, I don't want to drink. Why would I do that to myself on my birthday? This is my day. I want a green juice and do yoga and have a bath, you know? So yeah, I just thought I'd share that too. I actually feel that one of the reasons we feel so good when we're drinking and we're using is because our ego steps out of the way. I Mm. I, honestly, I feel that, you know, you were heard that saying drunken words are sober thoughts. And like, I feel like I was one of those people where my spirit was amplified because my ego would step out of the way when I was numbing myself down and I was free. So I think that's where the high vibe comes from. And I think where the low vibe comes from is, uh, you know, the day after anxiety drinking thing, that's a very real, real, real thing. Uh, That comes from alcohol suppressing your nervous system. And, you know, your body is always desperately trying to achieve equilibrium. And so when your nervous system is suppressed by the alcohol, your your body starts to ramp up and try to, you know, push out the adrenaline so that you can achieve that equilibrium. But guess what? The next day, the alcohol's left your body 
And now you have all this extra adrenaline because your body was trying to, you know, reach it, reach its equal state, but the nervous system takes so long, longer to recover than it does for the alcohol to leave your body, by the way. And so I believe that's where we start to get the day after drinking anxiety, which is all low vibe. And by the way, anxiety is created purely in the brain, purely. So if you have anxiety, I hate to tell you this, if you have anxiety, it's because you're thinking about the past or you're thinking about the future, period. Mm-hmm. So that's a, if there's one takeaway, is keep your anxiety in check by staying in the present moment. <laughs> yeah. So much comes from being in the present moment. Everything does. It's amazing. Yeah, it really does. I think that's why the power of now even like shook the world because it was a book that made it out there that people went, wait a minute, what? And I just, I remember reading that book and I, it's one of the books I've highlighted and, you know, cause it was so profound to be like, the now is all we have. And it's like, yeah, oh. I've been hearing that forever, but now I get it, you know, like, yeah. There are so many things that we've been hearing, like we're done collecting information, right? Like all the information is out there. Everyone's teaching the same shit on YouTube. Everyone's writing about the same thing in all these metaphysical and spirituality books. But the reason so much variety exists is is because we as humans, we're not always ready to like integrate the lessons that we know. Like, come on, we all know that, you know, whatever you think about, you attract, but are all of us really applying it in every moment and every day? of our lives. And sometimes you hear the same stuff over and over again. It lands differently because it just depends where you are in the evolution of your life, like whether or not you're ready to receive it. Because you can have information all day long, but it just, have you integrated it? Have you embodied it? Do you practice it? And that comes with, like, I kind of see it as like the whole cup half full, half empty thing. Like, are you ready to receive it? Because in my readings, a lot of times, I feel like people just don't want to know. They just don't want to know because they're not ready. They're not ready to know. And that's with, you know, same as manifestation, same as healing. Like, we know what we should be doing. But are you ready? Why are you really ready? (laughs) And it just depends where you are in your evolution is is how much are you willing and ready and able to receive and change your life, integrate it. God, change is hard for us humans. It's hard. Like I get it. You know, change is uncomfortable. So it's really, it's really up to us and if we're ready to evolve and how much. Right. It's like, we know these things, especially people listening. Um, we know these things. And if you were working with someone, you're like, you need to meditate. They'd be like, I know for years I've been. So sometimes I notice that when I'm like, what's my next step? I go like, what has been nudging me for the last six months that I've been avoiding? And it's like, more space or journaling or meditation or self-care. It's like, I know, I know I've been here. It requires change. (laughs) It requires change and effort. Who wants Uh, to do that? I'd rather just not. (laughs) I don't want to know. See, it falls into the category of, I don't want to (laughs) know. Yeah. Oh, this is all so amazing. So are there any sort of like, I mean, 
all of this has just been epic, but is there any like last tidbits for somebody who is really drawn to this episode has been noticing they've been numbing, maybe wants to stop drinking or wants to sort of heal this stuff and maybe where to start or just anything coming through for those people that right now are being awoken to their patterns and where this may be coming from or where it is coming from really. (laughs) Stop looking for happiness outside of yourself. So that's another one of those things where I know it's not the first time that a lot of us are hearing this. Stop looking for happiness outside of yourself. It's not in another person. No one is going to do the thing that you can do for yourself. And I feel like everybody around us is here as our companions to help us grow, to help us love. But no material thing and no person is going to give us the love that we deserve. No one's going to make us feel worthy. We have to step up and claim it for ourselves. And it starts by really getting fully present and getting to know your spirit and getting to know your higher self and start questioning all of your behaviors. Um, is this really good for me? And if I'm, if I'm doing it and it's not good for me, why? And it really comes from a place of the self-loathing, you know, the not loving yourself, feeling like you're not good enough, looking for happiness outside of yourself. And it just, it's, it comes from going within and some might say, oh, start journaling about it. But, you know, I got news for you. I am not a journaler. (laughs) Journaling does absolutely nothing for me. And I like to tell my clients, um, talk out loud. By all means, get the journaling prompts, but because writing doesn't do anything for me, I like to speak out loud. And when you start speaking out loud, you not only release that energy from your heart chakra and you set it free out of your throat chakra, but you really get to hear yourself and you get to hear how freaking crazy you sound. (laughs) Like, oh my God, that's a terrible limiting belief. Oh my goodness, that's a horrible thing that I'm saying about myself. Like, oh my God, that's not even the truth. So I'm a big fan of speaking out loud, speak your feelings out loud, speak your thoughts out loud and really hear yourself. And then you'll start to realize like, oh gosh, you know, I haven't been very kind to myself or like, oh gosh, like that, that what I just said isn't even true. And then from there, you can really start to course correct, you know, but do it from a place of I'm learning, you know. Don't judge yourself. Don't blame. Just I'm learning. This is a process. There is no silver bullet. You know, if it took you this many years to get into this mess that you're in and not feeling good, it's going to take some time to get out. So we got to manage our expectations. Like there is no magic healer. There is no magic bullet. Not going to, you know, healing and feelings come in cycles. Mm. We just have to be aware that, you know, today. What can I do today? Mm-hmm. Tomorrow is a new day, you know, mm-hmm. and if you have a little relapse, you backslide, it's okay. You know, you have the freedom to start again at any day. Mm, I love that. And I, I do, I don't feel that it's the only way to heal, but I do think this is where mentorship with the right person comes in because when you're saying about being aware when you speak out loud and you hear yourself I feel like when I'm sitting with clients so often they'll be saying something and then they all of a sudden go whoa 
I didn't even realize I thought that. And this whole thing happens or I can reflect back to them in their language, something that I heard that we can explore. So it's definitely not the only way you can self-heal around the block. But I find that sometimes just having the right person to reflect back what you're saying, because we do fool ourselves and we have blind spots. It, it doesn't mean we can't see them, but we get ourselves in patterns where that's why so many people go, I don't know what my next step is. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's happening. So right. you know, if, if you've been called the people listening to mentorship, that might even be a reason why, because you can have someone pinpoint so much easier. I even find that like, I'm so much better able to pinpoint what's going on in my clients than myself. That's why I have a mentor. Cause I like to get that reflection back. And like you said, you're triggered by yours, right? But I like it. Yeah. I mean, I'm one of those people that it's like, let's, let's go after it. Like I'm yeah. here, I'm here to evolve. I, I love personal development. I love growth and you know, no one can ever take that away from you. So it's one of those things where it's like, once you evolve and reach the next stage in your evolution, you are never going backwards. Just energetically, you expand and you'll never take those steps back. You know what you know and you gain what you gain and you're forever changed. You know, I'd rather spend money on mentorship than have another nice handbag because after a while, a bag is just a bag. And that is my favorite line. Like I stopped spending money on fancy shoes and bags a long ass time ago. <laughs> totally. Outside of ourselves. It is not outside of ourselves. Yeah. And think of how much money you've saved drinking and drugs. Oh, absolutely. And poor choices and day after drinking anxiety. And oh, goodness, my, my boyfriend and I talk about this all the time. Yeah. You know, a sober person too. And it's like, one of the fears that we both had was, but I'm not going to have fun anymore, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be fun anymore. But it's like, guess what? You don't even want to do that thing anymore that you thought was fun. You literally find other things to do that is so much more fun. Yeah. You're not missing on it out on anything. And I, I found that it moved from fun to fulfilling. Yes. Like, yes. You could go out one night and be like, Whoa! and like have a hoarse voice and be like, that was so fun. But what about like the fulfilling things, like the soul time with people or the solo hikes alone or the really good conversations about the universe for hours. And like that stuff to me is fulfilling, which yeah. makes me again, to rope it back in, not have to cope with my life, right? Because yeah, right. I'm, I'm being fulfilled by the things I'm choosing to do, not just like, woo, let's go have fun. Cool, mm -hmm. but like you said, fun can come in many different packages. <laughs> right. And for the longest, like I was, I was set on this idea of what am I going to do? But it takes care of itself. Like all of a sudden you're not only not interested in even going out anymore, but you find that you are much happier sitting at home with your cats, reading or with your partner or cooking or watching an online course. Life has so much more to offer than getting fucked up in yeah. a bar, which, I mean, like I said, I don't judge it because it was serving me. It was serving me for as long as it did until it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And that's when something's not serving you anymore. That's when you got to take a look at it. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Kyla. This has been beautiful, magnetic, powerful, expansive. I love it all. Thank you so much for what you do. And I know that people are going to want to find you. So where are some of the places we can find you um, online or 
Where can we track you down? <laughs> so my Instagram is Kyla Love and Light. So it's K Y L A. So that's Kyla Love and Light. And I'm starting to like my Instagram more than my Facebook platform. So I'll most likely be hanging around on there. I do free channeled readings all the time. And so it'd be a good place to jump on and ask your questions and get your um, get your free psychic reading on. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. And I'll put it in the show notes too, for everyone listening, go and check that out and make sure to follow Kyla. I know I follow you and I love seeing what you're up to your posts, um, your group, your workshops. It's all so beautiful. So thank you so much for what you do. And thanks for coming and sharing your love and light with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I love sharing. It's been, it's been a great talk. Even before we recorded this, I was like, oh my God, we should have recorded all of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a part two. Right. Exactly. Okay. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning into the show. I truly hope that it served you and it means so much to know that there's seekers out there like you on the path, really willing to give it your all and go all in. And if you do find value in this show, I would be so honored if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really actually makes a huge difference to the success of the show. And I just love seeing your words and being supported. So thank you so much. The link for that is in the show notes and also down there, you'll find some links for some free gifts. 